This past fall, I made the move to an all-electric vehicle. Instead of pumping gas into my car from a service station, I now visit a charging station. Once there, I have to connect to the site using my phone to access my account. On a few occasions, I've experienced a problem making such a connection, and I've had to call the service provider to assist me. Once it was the result of a misstep I made in the process, and on another occasion, the provider had to reboot the system at their end. Something most of us experience in today's technological world has led me to this ironic observation. Where there is no virtual connection, there can be no actual connection. Our ability to be connected and stay connected to the internet has become essential to our way of life. Jesus said something similar to his followers about the importance of being connected. Our connection to Jesus is essential to our way of life. Only Jesus used a simple analogy from daily life to teach his followers about this importance of staying connected to him, the image of a vineyard. We who live in Northern California share the same context as his first century listeners. While we may lack technical knowledge of viticulture, we see vineyards all around us and are well aware of the relationship of a vine and its branches. So when Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches, we get it. Yet to make sure we understand the significance of the relationship, Jesus extends the meaning of the vine metaphor even further. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. The proximity and repetition of the personal pronouns make this teaching intimate and profound. You and me, me and you. Although it needs to be pointed out that the you in this case is plural, referring to all of us at once rather than to each of us individually. Jesus says this relationship of connectivity is what our lives as his followers are all about. The setting for Jesus' words are found in a section of John's Gospel known as the Upper Room Discourses, John chapters 13 through 17. Jesus is with his disciples in an upper room of a home in Jerusalem where they are celebrating the Passover meal. This is the same night Jesus will later be arrested and brought to trial before the Jewish religious leaders known as the Sanhedrin, who in turn hand Jesus over to the Roman official Pilate. Knowing what awaits him, Jesus prepares his disciples for his impending departure and their subsequent future. Jesus speaks of three connections in this passage from John 15, his connection with the Father, his connection with us, and our connection with one another. Let us open our hearts and minds to the reading of God's word by Dave McCall. This is a reading of the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verses one through 17 from the New International Version. Addressing his disciples during the Passover festival in the upper room, Jesus said this, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. 
He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my word remains in you, Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. The word of the Lord. Throughout John's gospel, Jesus reiterates that he and the Father are on the same page. Every word and action of Jesus is related to his connection with his Father. His identity and nature is the same as God, which is implied by his use of the phrase, I am. His listeners would have made the connection with the revelation of God's name and the fact that Jesus claims a shared identity with God. In this I am statement of Jesus, he also identifies himself with God's people Israel when he says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. Compared with God's vineyard of old, Jesus is the true vine. Isaiah used the image of a vineyard to describe God's desired outcome for having bound himself with Israel. The vineyard described in Isaiah 5, 1 through 7 is the nation of Israel. As a gardener, the Lord took delight in the vines, which Isaiah identifies as God's people. However, the expected fruit from this vine was nowhere to be found. Isaiah says that the Lord looked for justice, but saw bloodshed instead. God wanted to reap righteousness from the vine's branches, but in its place he heard cries of distress. The vine God counted on to produce God's will in the world did not reach fruition. So significant is the disappointment that the words Jesus speaks immediately after referring to himself as the true vine are these. 
Every branch that does not bear fruit is cut off. In contrast with the disappointment of Israel to produce something of value to God, Jesus is the kind of vine that is aligned to God's will and purpose. He is the true vine whose relationship with God is such that he produces exactly what God expects, fruit that restores the relationship of the creation to the creator, fruit that makes, the right, makes right what has gone wrong, fruit that allows relationships to thrive and for life to flourish, fruit that means forgiveness, healing, and wholeness. This brings us to the second connection Jesus describes in this passage. The first connection, verses 1 through 4, describe Jesus' relationship with the Father. The second connection, verses 5 through 8, describes Jesus' relationship with his disciples. Jesus says the role his disciples are to play in God's continuing work of bringing the world back into right relationship with God is directly related to his own role. Jesus says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Just as God relied on Jesus to accomplish his purpose in this world, so Jesus relies on us, his disciples, to fulfill his mission. We are to bear fruit. Jesus is the gospel message, and as his followers, we proclaim and live out this message before the world. Jesus spoke of some branches being cut away or removed because they were not productive. But all branches, even those that are productive, are pruned in order to be even more so. It is common practice to remove as much as 85 to 98% of the annual growth of the vine at pruning. However, research has shown that less severe pruning increases vine capacity for both growth and production. I consulted church member and longtime former vineyard owner Lloyd Chelly to better understand the physiological process of vine maintenance. Lloyd explained to me how the canes or branches are trimmed back to the buds each year. The pruner must consider both wood and crop since a proper balance between them is necessary for the development of good fruit and the continued production of large crops. Lloyd pointed out that it is equally important to thin out growth. A vine with a lot of foliage takes too much energy that is diverted away from the grapes. So it's important to stop new growth at the end of the branches in order to direct the vine's energy where it is most needed. Jesus didn't go beyond the metaphor to explain how this maintenance works in the life of his followers. But I think it does imply something about being intentional learners. I'm grateful our church takes seriously the task of making disciples with an emphasis about being intentional for our own spiritual growth and development. I can think of three distinct ways members and friends of our congregation undertake the process of becoming productive branches who bear Christ-like fruit. The first is our participation in small group Bible studies, 
where we share life together and grow in our understanding of scripture and how it applies to our lives. The second is the Apprentice Immersion Program, which we've introduced, where cohort, where a cohort of committed followers learn daily spiritual practices of what it means to be loved by God and to share that love with others. And third is our recently developed anti-racism leadership team and classes, which challenge us to grow in our understanding of our underlying prejudices and biases toward others different than ourselves. This process examines our use of words and how even the smallest of gestures and actions affects those around us. Most of the work we are doing in this area is like peeling an onion with layers of nuanced history and patterns and patterns of thinking. But sometimes it is front and center, like what occurred on Thursday of this past week. In a news report of the congressional hearing addressing the surge in attacks against Asian Americans in our country, they had already planned the hearing to address the 3,795 reported incidents of hate in the form of anti-Asian violence that had occurred over this past year. And that was prior to the murder of eight massage parlor workers in Atlanta, Georgia this past week. What occurred at the hearing is a lesson of how easily we can confuse our American values with the values of Christian faith. Texas Congressman Chip Roy questioned whether a crime should be linked to hate and suggested that this may be transgressing our freedom of speech, which is safeguarded by the Constitution. But when he tried to defend the use of anti-Chinese rhetoric to describe the coronavirus, he was countered by New York Congresswoman Grace Ming who spoke with personal passion. This hearing, she said, was to address the hurt and pain of our community and to find solutions, and we will not let you take our voice away from us. Ming went on to share some of the hate messaging she has received for being Asian American. As Americans, we definitely want to defend our rights and preserve our freedoms. But as Christians, we are called to care for others and serve those who are in need. Therefore, we need to take a stand against words and acts that perpetuate hate against others, whether they are targeted toward an ethnicity group, an ethnic group, or an individual. We need to stand with those who are victimized and stand against those who would cause them harm. In this way, we're being intentional in our own spiritual growth and improving our ability to represent Christ effectively in this world. We don't know what we will be, what, what will be the growth of our congregation following this pandemic. But one thing the image of a vine makes quite clear. It is not the signs of leaf and foliage and plant life that indicate, indicates the kind of growth Jesus desires, but the quantity and quality of fruit produced by its branches. 
Therefore, the best measure of our church's growth will be in the spiritual health and maturity of our faith community. The third connection Jesus emphasizes in this passage is our connection to one another. Jesus says, my command is this, love each other. Jesus knows we do not come by this naturally, nor are we inclined to show love to one another. So he qualifies the source for our ability to love. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. We love one another because we are loved by Jesus. The model of the disciples' love is Jesus' supreme act of love, his laying down his life for them. It is this model of sacrificial love that informs how we are to show love for one another. If we are to be intentional about what it means to follow Jesus, then we need to pay attention to the fruit we produce, that it reflects the nature and character of Christ. And we must pay attention to the love we show and convey in our service to others. In this way, we honor the name of the one who owns the vine, who is the great I am. May it be so. Amen.